good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello. It's Monday, the 7th of February 2022, and we'll start off as we always do with the nationwide daily COVID report. The country registered 10,879 more COVID-19 cases and 20 new fatalities during the previous 24 hours, the Public Health Ministry said on Sunday morning. This compared with the 10,490 cases and 21 COVID-related fatalities reported on Saturday when the Department of Disease Control called on the public not to panic after daily new cases exceeded 10,000 for the first time since October 2021. Now, as we said, 10,879 confirmed cases, and there was approximately 4,632 probable cases that were found by means of ATK, so we're looking at about 15,000 cases in total. 20 deaths, as we said, 178 cases were from abroad, and out of the 91,037 patients, 45,171 are in hospital, about 50% or so. Now, Chambari Public Health Office is reporting 556 confirmed cases. 300 probable cases and no deaths. Most confirmed cases are in Chambari, 134, Sira Shah, 152, and Bangalore Patia area, 112. There are 4,503 patients in care. And in Phuket, the health office reported 560 new cases on the island, of which 415 are local and 145 are from abroad. There was no deaths. And there are now 4,465 people in care. And moving along, we'll start off with the first story of today, which is local PayPal transactions to end next month. Consumers in Thailand with PayPal accounts will not be able to use the service after March 7th, the online payment company has announced. As well, the accounts of freelancers, small-scale entrepreneurs and casual online sellers will have limited functionality, the company said. This has implications for thousands of people who have taken up online selling to earn extra income in the past two years at a time when the pandemic was affecting employment and earnings. PayPal has been attempting for several months to roll out a phased relaunch in Thailand but said it had encountered further delays in complying with local laws and regulations. For many months, we have been working diligently on the relaunch of PayPal in Thailand, it said in a statement posted on its website. As a locally licensed payment provider, we have been gradually updating our products and processes to ensure we comply with all applicable Thai laws. We have hoped to start welcoming more Thai customers in the next phase of our relaunch this March. Regrettably, we need more time to reach this next phase and to extend our service further in Thailand. From March 7th, it said consumers in Thailand with an existing PayPal account will no longer be able to use their PayPal wallet to shop online and make or receive payments until further notice. They will be able to withdraw any balance in their PayPal wallet to their bank account. Consumers will still be able to make payments using a debit or credit card to merchants that offer the guest checkout function. New account registration for consumers, freelancers or casual sellers will not be available until further notice, the company said. We understand that the news would disappoint many of our customers, and for this we sincerely apologise, the company added. 
we are working closely with the relevant authorities in Thailand to accelerate our relaunch and minimize the disruption to our customers. Further details and a Q&A are available on the company's website for consumers or entrepreneurs seeking to clarify the status of their accounts. So this is certainly a blow to those online businesses from Thailand, you know, freelancers, local organizations who have used PayPal to receive payments from abroad. Now, this doesn't affect people, for example, uh, who live in Thailand, but open their PayPal accounts, let's say in another country, and it's linked to their foreign account. This only applies to people who open an account here in Thailand, and it's linked to a Thai bank account. If you have, uh, and you're lucky enough to have an account abroad, and it's linked to that, you can continue to use PayPal just as you normally would. It is only for accounts that have been opened here in Thailand, and as I said, linked to a Thai bank account. Now moving along, uh, the Prime Minister has vowed not to cling to power. Prime Minister Prayachanacha on Friday said he will serve in the role as long as he is allowed to by law, adding that the next general election will be held after the two organic laws related to elections clear Parliament. Asked by reporters about him having served as Prime Minister for almost eight years, General Prayat said it was all about the law. I will stay on as long as the law allows. I am bound by the law and cannot do anything at will, the Prime Minister said. I have no intention of keeping the post of Prime Minister for myself forever. Don't worry that I will cling on to power. I have had no vested interest during the past seven or eight years, General Pryat said. However, when asked if he will serve as Prime Minister for another term, General Pryat remained coy, suggesting that it depends on the situation in the future. Commenting on the frequent absence of MPs that has resulted in the lack of a quorum and collapse of a number of parliamentary meetings, General Pyatt urged members of the House to push through two key election laws, the Political Parties Act and the Election of MPs Act, without delay. No progress will be made if the session continues to collapse like this. If you want the election, you must pass the two organic laws, which in turn require you to attend Parliament sessions. These sessions must not collapse, General Pryat said. The amendments to the two organic laws are intended to reflect constitutional changes in the electoral system. The push to restore the two-ballot electoral system was royally endorsed and published in the Royal Gazette on November 21st. Under the changes, the number of constituency MPs would be increased from 350 to 400, while the number of list MPs would decrease from 150 to 100. Two ballots will be used in future polls, one for choosing a constituency MP and the other a list MP, marking a departure from the single ballot method used in the 2019 general election. To include the changes in the Charter, the two organic laws governing the election of MPs and political parties will have to be amended. Now, when you listen to the Prime Minister speak there, you sometimes would wonder whether he forgot how he actually came to power, which was by the gun, a military coup, which is completely against the law. But he's yet bound by the law. It's kind of interesting, as if he doesn't realise how he did come to power. So... The whole issue with the Prime Minister and whether or not he will serve in the future as Prime Minister is down to technicalities, right? So you're only allowed, as per the Constitution, serve eight years, two terms uh, as Prime Minister. After that, you cannot run again. Now, what a lot of people are trying to say is he came to power in, 
was it 2013 or 14? Whenever it was, the coup. So he served six or seven years already, they're saying, because he came to power. He made himself the prime minister of the country, then he had elections a few years later and whatnot. So in essence, a lot of people are saying that he's been in power nearly his eight years, so he cannot run and be prime minister again. Now other people are saying, well, he made himself prime minister under a emergency decree which he brought into effect because he took over the country by the gun and his first term only started from when he was elected in the democratic election that happened in I think it was 2019 I can't remember the year anyway around then so they're saying that he can serve another four-year term but this will actually be going to the constitutional court to decide whether or not he can Based on some of the rulings from the Constitutional Court over the last couple of years, I say he will have a very good chance of being able to run for Prime Minister for a second term. That's just my take on it right now. However, when that election will actually happen is completely up in the air. The government understand how unpopular they are right now. They've been smashed basically in elections down in Songkhla and in Bangkok recently. Looks like by the polls they're going to lose the Bangkok governorship as well. So yeah, things are not going good for the ruling party. So he may try to delay this election as much as possible. I mean, he doesn't really technically need to have one for a couple of years. But the way things are going, the infighting with his own party, the amount of defections, people being sacked from the party, it's all leading up to probably a big election at the end of the year. And speeding along to a story about the Test and Go program, uh, Test and Go is cumbersome and that's according to a hotel tycoon here in Thailand. Thailand should look to the example of the more liberal reopening policies of Europe and travel hotspots such as the Maldives to revive its tourism industry, says Bill Heineke, the founder and chairman of Minor International PLC. Current entry requirements for vaccinated foreign travellers are too cumbersome, the Bangkok-based billionaire said in an interview with Bloomberg News. If you're vaccinated and tested, you must be allowed to travel without so much paperwork, said Mr. Heineke, who heads one of Asia's largest hospitality, restaurant and lifestyle companies. Tourism numbers in Thailand are going to be tough and challenging for a while until the government changes its position, he said. While Thailand this month resumed its test and go program, Mr. Heineke labelled the requirements, multiple COVID tests, the need to use an online registration system and having an insurance policy with at least 50,000 US dollars cover as cumbersome. The US remained open through all this period pretty much and the Europe has also handled it pretty well, he said. They are the bright spots. We don't see difficulties or roadblocks stopping tourism from the rest of the world. A government spokesman on Saturday defended the current approach, saying the travel measures are in place to improve confidence both among local residents and foreigners after the recent surge in Omicron cases. In reopening the country again, this time we need to make sure it's safe for all, said Anuka Borachasira, secretary to the Prime Minister's office. These travel requirements won't be the norm forever, but only until the outbreak situation improves. SET listed minor who operates more than 520 hotels and resorts in 56 countries and over 2,300 casual dining and quick service restaurants reported a loss of 435 million baht in the third quarter ended September 30, an improvement on a loss of 5.6 billion for the same period of 2020. The improvement was driven by a rebound of its international business in Europe and the Maldives and the recovery in those markets is expected to have continued in the fourth quarter. Most of Miner's business in Europe is through NH Hotel Group, which it acquired in 2018. 
The region contributed 79% to the company's overall hotel business revenue versus just 3% for Thailand, Miner's home base. Mr. Heinecke said countries in Europe, as well as an island destination such as the Maldives and popular stopover cities like Dubai, will see a stronger tourism rebound because of their government's more liberal approach to reopening after the pandemic, which is entering its third year and saw international travel all but cease in early 2020. When you look at places like the Maldives, China was the biggest supplier of tourists, he said. Today, it's setting new pre-COVID highs, and they're doing that without the Chinese. Dubai is also seeing higher hotel rates. These are the places you should look at. Well, it's not often that I would agree with Bill Heineke, but in this instance, I do have to agree with him. A lot of what he's saying is common sense, and obviously Thailand's system for welcoming tourists, the test-and-go-by-two system, is not as popular as they think it really is. Now, he refers to the Maldives, but the Maldives still, you need to have a negative PCR test before you leave. And they do have an online form where you do have to upload your vaccine certificate. Not as cumbersome, I know, as the uh, Thailand Pass system, which is about five or six pages of stuff to upload. But nevertheless, yes, it's easier. Dubai is easier. Europe is easier. And other parts of the world are a lot easier. I think the simplification of the system, getting rid of all these PCR tests, because they're only a money-making habit. That's all they are. They're only there to make money for rich people. I just read recently that Phuket made approximately 1.14 billion Thai baht from PCR tests alone. So that's about, I think, about $30 million around that. Okay, $30 million from PCR tests. It's no wonder they don't want to give up these tests on arrival. It's just a very lucrative business for a select few here in Thailand. Now, another issue, and you can hear and see it when the government talk, is the idea that we're in some kind of fifth wave. They keep referring to this big outbreak. What big outbreak are they talking about? 10,000 cases for a country of 60 million people is not a big outbreak. We're not in any situation here in the country. I can tell you by walking around, out and about, people are not worried about COVID. People are trying to get their lives back to normal and do the things that they love to do. And nobody's really thinking about COVID over here. Yes, we still wear our masks. We're still careful. But we're certainly not letting it become part of our life in the same way it was over the last couple of years. People are just trying to get on with things. They're traveling, they're going seeing places, they're doing things, they're going to festivals, they're going to music concerts, different things like that. So uh, there seems to be a big disconnect as well between what the government seems to understand what's going on and what the people are up to. Thailand has a similar population, let's say, to the UK, but with a tenth of the cases. We're not in any major outbreak here. It's time they start to realize that the longer they continue along this line, the worse things are going to be for people. Thailand last year said that we need to start living and learn to live with the virus in order to get our lives back together. Now, the only people who don't seem to be learning to live with it are the government here and their advisors, because everybody else is trying. Everybody else is trying to get on with things. And the final step to getting on with things is for international travel in this country to resume, for people to be able to leave and come back easily, and for tourists to be able to come here, enjoy their holiday without the fear of getting locked up for 14 days or 10 days or whatever it is, and then go back home, spend their money here, contribute to the economy, help people all make a living, because that's what, at the end of the day, tourism is for in a country. Why people, why a country welcomes tourism is so they can make money out of it, but in a legitimate way, not from PCR tests. 
and hospitals imprisoning people and charging the insurance companies extortionate amounts of money. That's not what the tourism is about. Thailand has always been a hospitable country for people, welcoming people, people going home after having great vacations here and wanting to come back time and time again. And that's what Thailand needs to get back to. Right now, they're leaving bad taste in people's mouths when they're going home, vowing never to return until they get themselves back to a reasonable normal. Now, nobody's expecting the gates to be flung open and say, just enter without some kind of safeguard. But if the Maldives, who is a group of islands, can offer entry with just a PCR test 96 hours, by the way, before you arrive, and just fill out a simple form online, why can't Thailand? Dubai offer the same thing. Please come with a PCR test negative before you enter the country and you can enjoy your holiday. Many European countries now have dropped PCR testing uh, before you go pre-departure. And it's just come. There's a couple still to have it. I know Portugal still have the PCR test, but that's going to go in the near future. Because as soon as the summer holidays start to kick in in Europe, every country will be vying for those tourists out there and trying to get them to spend their money in their countries. And that's what Thailand are competing against right now. And it seems for some reason the government are the ones who are slowing this whole process up. Because the rest of the country and Thailand, they do want to get on with it. The more people I talk to, the more people say, listen, it's time we return to a certain amount of normality and people need to start earning that living again. And it's very, very important. Nobody in the government talks about the amount of suicides in this country from the depression of not making a living each and every month. You never hear them mention, oh, 10 people committed suicide yesterday and the reasons were, well, they lost their job, they've had nothing for a year, they were depressed, they couldn't continue to go on like this. They never talk about that, but they should be. And they should start to realize that they have the power to make people's lives a lot better and they need to. So I put this to you guys out there. Is it time for Thailand to adapt a new system similar to that of the Maldives or Dubai or should we continue down this line for another six months but knowing by doing this the country economically will be in a lot worse condition than it is now as always guys your opinions are very valuable to me and I'd love to know them down below in the comment section I'm moving along to a story that has been in the news the last couple of days Indian gangster shot dead at Phuket Hotel Police are searching for two men who were caught on camera shooting an Indian gangster to death in the parking lot of a hotel in downtown Moang district on this island province. Police originally said the dead man was a Canadian and early reports in local media including the Bangkok Post carried this assertion but he was in fact an Indian national with a long criminal history in Canada, the Vancouver Sun reported. Jimmy Slice Sandu, 32, was deported from Canada for serious criminality six years ago, according to the newspaper, which said several sources had verified his identity. When his body was found on Saturday morning, Sandu was carrying two different pieces of identification, a passport bearing the name of a Canadian of Indian descent and a driver's license bearing the name of another Canadian of Indian descent. Local police released one of the names as that of the dead man and it was published in several local media outlets. The shooting occurred at the beachfront hotel Phuket which also offers villas for sale on the property near Rawai Beach. Sandu owned a villa there according to The Sun whose reporters spoke with a staff member of the complex. Officers were called to the hotel at 6.30am on Saturday morning after an employee reported a body in the parking lot of the villa zone. The man was found lying face down in a pool of blood behind a red MG hatchback with Phuket license plates. 
wearing a white t-shirt and cream shorts, he had sustained about 10 gunshot wounds on his body. Police believed the man had died at least six hours before his body was discovered. 19 spent cartridges from a 38 were found scattered around the area. Some banknotes and some dried marijuana were found inside the car. The body was sent to Vashira Hospital for a post-mortem examination. When police examined security video from the hotel, they saw the victim driving the car to park in the villa zone of the 180-room hotel. As he was about to get out of the car, two men wearing woolen balaclavas to cover their faces jumped out on him. They fired several shots at close range, and when the victim fell down, they shot him again. Police Major General Serpan, chief of the Phuket Police, said the victim had arrived in the province on January 27th and was staying at the villa wing of the hotel. According to the Sun, Sandu had been a member of the United Nations, a criminal gang active in the Pacific Coast province of British Columbia. Rivals in the Brother Keepers gang were posting insults and taunts on social media when the news broke of Sandu's death, the newspaper said. Sandu was born in India and moved to Canada as a seven-year-old and grew up with relatives in Abbotsford near Vancouver. After getting caught up in gang life and convicted of serious assaults in 2010 and 2012, he faced deportation, the son said. He was deported in early 2016 and two years later, news emerged that he'd been arrested in India and charged with operating a large ketamine factory. After he was released on bail, he disappeared and is believed to be travelling between Dubai and Southeast Asia ever since, the newspaper said. At his immigration hearing in 2015, the son said Sandu acknowledged the risk of gang life. I know that Pat is either go to jail or you die, he said. So that is quite the interesting story. It makes you wonder what Phuket immigration, you know, when arriving into the country actually do and their ability to spot fake passports their ability to actually know who's entering the country and their criminal past it seems they have absolutely no idea i think a lot of questions need to be asked of the immigration and how people like this are getting into the country but at the end of the day it would be nice to see the immigration actually launch an investigation into themselves to figure out how these things do happen and kind of prevent it uh, in the future and finally the phuket news daily report Man drowns as long tail sinks near Coconut Island. One person died and another was rescued after a long tail boat capsized and sank on its way from Komaprau, which is Coconut Island, to Phuket yesterday afternoon. The body of the deceased has already been found. The survivor is recovering at Vashira Phuket Hospital. Man launched out of his car in high speed wipeout. Three people were injured when a car wiped out at high speed on Tepcastetry Road early this morning, including one man whose head struck a pot plant on the footpath after he was launched out of the car in the impact. And finally, tourists rescued from hillside wildfire at Nyharn. Tourists stranded on rocks at Lem Kratting, just north of Nyharn Beach, were rescued yesterday evening after a hillside wildfire cut them off from returning to safety. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.